This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. A stark warning from a member of Republican royalty about what his party is becoming. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. Republican Senator Mitt Romney just announced he is not running for re-election. I am a Democrat, but I believe that the Senate and the country will miss him. In his upcoming biography by McKay Coppins, Romney unloads on his Republican colleagues in the Senate, sharing extraordinary details about how, in private conversations, they almost all agreed with Romney's assessment that the former president represented a danger to democracy. But in public, these same senators defended the president. Romney, of course, was a tough critic of Trump in 2016. He seemed stunned to discover, after being elected to the Senate in 2018, that among his new Republican colleagues, quote, almost without exception, they shared my view of the president, Romney told Coppins. Every time he publicly criticized Trump, it seemed, some Republican senator would smarmily sidle up to him in private and express solidarity. I sure wish I could do what you do, they'd say, or gosh, I wish I had the constituency you have. This happened so often that Romney started keeping a tally, Coppins writes. Mitch McConnell receives some of Romney's harshest criticism for his sheer cynicism. This is the Senate majority leader, someone who wields enormous power in the Senate to prod or punish members of his caucus. Had he tried, he could have whipped the votes for a successful conviction of Donald Trump. Yet, in spite of acknowledging to Romney the strength of the impeachment case against the former president, he chose to put politics first. Romney was surprised at the cognitive dissonance during the 2019 impeachment trial of Trump. During a break in the proceedings, Coppins writes, after the impeachment managers finished their presentation, Romney walked by Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell. They nailed him, the Senate Majority Leader said. Romney, taken aback by McConnell's candor, responded carefully. Well, the defense will say that Trump was just investigating corruption by the Bidens. If you believe that, McConnell replied, I've got a bridge I can sell you. A spokesman for McConnell says he does not recall this conversation. And then there was the attack on the Capitol and the rush by Republicans to defend the former president in the aftermath of the coup attempt. To Romney's enormous credit, he stood firm. The vast majority of his colleagues did not. Before the attack on the Capitol on January 6, 2021, Senator Angus King of Maine, a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, phoned Mount Romney to warn him about some of the chatter among right-wing groups coming to the Capitol. Romney, Romney texted Republican Leader McConnell, quote, in case you have not heard this, I just got a call from Angus King who said that he had spoken with a senior official at the Pentagon who reports that they are seeing very disturbing social media traffic regarding the protests planned on the 6th. There are calls to burn down your home, Mitch, to smuggle guns into D.C. and to storm the Capitol. I hope that sufficient security plans are in place, but I am concerned that the instigator, the president, is the one who commands the reinforcements the D.C. and Capitol Police might require, unquote. McConnell did not respond to Romney. 
Many of Trump's Republican defenders, like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, appear to have acted out of pure political ambition. Some acted out of fear. One congressman in particular decided not to vote for the second impeachment because he was worried about his family's safety. Romney says he thought the Trump fever might break after that horrible day. But by then, Romney says, fealty to Trump was no longer just about political calculations. Quote, after January 6, a new, more existential brand of cowardice had emerged. One Republican congressman confided to Romney that he wanted to vote for Trump's second impeachment for the January 6 insurrection, but chose not to out of fear for his family's safety. You can't do that, Romney recalled someone saying. Think of your personal safety, said another. Think of your children. The senator eventually decided they were right. Think about what that really means. We have reached a point in our politics where a terror campaign has become effective enough to change votes in the Senate by creating a climate of fear. And then there's how Romney talks about his Republican colleague, Josh Hawley. Romney was sitting behind Hawley in the Senate chamber when Hawley stood up and urged lawmakers to not certify the 2020 election results. This is just hours after rioters were cleared from the Capitol, when bodies were taken out of the Capitol that had died during the insurrection. Quote, Josh Hawley is one of the smartest people in the Senate, if not the smartest, Romney says, and Ted Cruz could give him a run for his money. They were too smart, Romney believed, to actually think that Trump had won the 2020 election. Hawley and Cruz, quote, were making a calculation, Romney told me, that put politics above the interests of liberal democracy and the Constitution. It's the cynicism of these politicians that really gets to me. My own Senator J.D. Vance once privately described Donald Trump as America's Hitler. Yet on the campaign trail, running for the Senate, he stood by Trump and called him the greatest president of his lifetime. The, the president is right. I wasn't always nice, but the simple fact is he's the best president of my lifetime and he revealed the corruption in this country like nobody else. Romney saw through the cynicism and unloads on J.D. Vance. He says, I don't know that I can disrespect someone more than J.D. Vance. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. I spoke with Ruth Ben-Ghiat about all this. She is one of our nation's leading researchers on authoritarian regimes and has documented the many frightening parallels between the rise of such regimes in places like Germany, Italy, and Chile, and what is happening in America today. Here's what she had to say. You mentioned that a third of the House are election deniers. I think a lot of them, and there's documentation for this, will say privately that they know better. My question for you is, does it even matter if they know better when you judge their actions by by their outcomes? I'm thinking in particular of of Romney's conversations with all of his peers in in the Senate. These 
observations are just coming out now. And he claims that almost every one of those Republican senators, bar a couple, absolutely know that what they're doing is is wrong. Um, but my contention now is that that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter because the end result are these anti-democratic impulses given fuel and taking over their party. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and the same with Tucker Carlson, who, you know, that all that stuff came out where they hate Trump. They, they know very well, you know, what went on in 2020 and they just, it, it actually just highlights the, the corruption and the, the authoritarian designs that they, all these people had uh, have. So it doesn't matter what they believe because belief is no longer, um, there's no principles or morals anymore. It's just uh, the ends justify the means. And the end is to get to power and not have to leave. And no matter what happens to the country, no matter how many deaths you cause, this, that's all they care about. That's why I'm, another reason I call them an autocratic party. A lot of their grip on power depends on either their followers not caring as well or them getting their information from such stovepiped channels that they they never hear that J.D. Vance compared Donald Trump to to Hitler. Do you think the problem on the right amongst voters is a lack of information or um antipathy towards the left? I think it's uh, a little of both. Um, and it's all, it's all part of the same thing because, yeah. uh, you know, right-wing propaganda and Fox, including Fox News, of course, and all that ecosystem has been successful in getting people to think that they are existentially threatened by Biden that he's taking their rights away. It's I call this the upside down world of authoritarianism. So it's Biden who's the authoritarian. It's science, scientists who, or public health scientists who want us to, to not be diseased, they're the enemy. Um, and and so that's part of it, uh, that they've they've been extraordinarily focused. They've had unified messaging. That's another sign that they're authoritarian. So there's that. Um, and then there's, you know, the, the cult part of this, where recently there was a, a study came out that said that, you know, the core of Trump supporters, they believe him more than they believe their friends or family. And so I thought, oh, that's, I feel vindicated because there are times when I'll talk about Trump having a leader cult and people think I'm just, it's just way exaggerated. But that is the definition of cult devotion when you believe them more than people you used to trust. Um, and that may, that may um, shrink, although every time he has an indictment, uh, because he's got this victimhood script, um, he's able to be more popular. And the other part of the, the reason uh, he becomes more popular is that nobody else, none of the other candidates, not only they're not allowed to thrive, they were made talk about authoritarian spectacle during that very scandalous debate. Uh, they were made to raise their hands on stage and pledge loyalty to him, even if he becomes a convicted criminal. It's like, where do you go with a party if you've reached that point where 
the other candidates have to take their own power away and debase themselves by saying, I'm running for office, but I'm going to be loyal to, you know, their fewer Trump, even if he becomes a criminal. That's a party that is in crisis.